Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to The Finishing Move. This is Road Dog Adam Gillespie. We are here as we are most every Thursday evening here on Extra 106.3, bringing you the latest in wrestling. My tag team partners are here tonight, I believe. So let's do a little roll call to see who's here and who's not here. Oh, I think I heard the third one. Can we ever get to a point where we're all three here and we don't have to do roll call? Well, I think we're all three here, but I asked you right before we went on, is he here? Well, knowing who he present. is, and Chris I forgets, wasn't sure. Chris forgets what time the show starts. Let's just be honest. Here. Well, it's always started at seven. It is that has never varied. He forgets. Sorry, guys. I just woke up from my nap. Wow, that must be nice. Clearly. <laughs> well, yeah, I get those in now before that little uh, little boy comes out because after that, there's no more naps for daddy or mommy. <laughs> Trying to get as much sleep as I can now. Good right, luck with you. that. <laughs> yeah. How's everybody doing tonight? Colwell, I guess you are, are rested and good. Big John, you've had a long day here at the Dickey Broadcasting Studios. How's it been? It's been a long day, bro. It's been long a long day. day. But you know what? That's the fun about doing this is that I get to be with you guys. We get to talk a little bit of wrestling. We get to have a little bit of fun because, well, management doesn't listen to us. No, they don't. Anyways, you can't go and talk back that long. We go to dead air, Adam. That's radio etiquette 101. You can't just push the talk yes, back. I, that well, I thought Colwell was going to pick up the slack, but he let me down. He's still napping. <laughs> He's still trying to wake up. All right. Uh, I, you know, I want to do this first. We usually save it for the next segment, but I'm going to do this first. Wait, hold on. Let me get my show sheet. I Well, yeah, I haven't. What? We're, let me grab let me my show sheet. I got it on got my one. computer. I got a show sheet on my computer. I don't have one on mine. I, I don't br- have I one on mine either. Well, you were asleep. You didn't get yours. I literally walked in there and said, hey, we're going to do this in the first part of the show. <laughs> we're going over the top rope. It's my favorite segment, so why not do it first? When I'm in control, at least. Uh, all right, guys. So the rumors have started circulating. We're looking towards SummerSlam uh, and the return of a big guy who we haven't seen since WrestleMania. Chris Colwell. Can anybody guess who that is? Uh, I'm going with the big show. <laughs> no. Yeah, we saw him after WrestleMania, apparently, the next night on Raw, which was crazy. Uh, something different. But Brock Lesnar is now being rumored to uh, be a part of SummerSlam, which would make sense. He usually comes out for the at least the big four and a couple other paydays in between. Uh this article that I uh, read gave us, I think, five or six options for who he could potentially, six options for who he could potentially face. Uh, let me go ahead, before I read off their six, who would you like to see Brock Lesnar face at SummerSlam in Atlanta? I would love, <laughs> that would be awesome, actually, if it was here. For me, I would love to see the rumored match that we never got that Bray Wyatt Brock Lesnar match that we never got, but this time obviously be the Fiend 
I'm interested in a match like that. I thought we might go down that road uh, when they were both on the same brand for just a split second until Brock Lesnar jumped to Raw after the draft last year. So give me Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar. All right, that's a good one. I I think The Fiend can work well with anybody. Uh, So I would be in for that match. Uh, For me, I am going to go the one that was rumored for a long time. Uh, Bobby Lashley. I think it's something where we can intertwine. Basically, they both left the WWE to go to UFC MMA style fighting at some point in time in different variations of time. And at that point in time, you allow them to showcase that a little bit just to change it up a little bit. I'm not saying you go old school uh, Billy Gunn brawl for it all versus Butterbean, but you incorporate some other little things in there and let them show not only their brute strength and their force, but you let them incorporate those other portions. And maybe even you do something crazy and say, you know what? Because you wouldn't expect it from these two guys, you make it a submission match. There you go, kind of on the kind of UFC ish, or, or yeah. you know, MMA. You gotta tap out to win MMA ish. Uh, the I, that's who I think of when I say who do I want to see him take when uh, Bobby Lashley was came back and he was coming back to WWE. That was the initial one. You thought, oh, we're gonna get this. We're gonna get Brock and Bobby, and because of the reasons you just said, they both went out of WWE, had their uh, MMA. Uh, careers and were very successful for the short stints that they had in MMA before coming back to WWE. So I think you kind of get that real lifeism, if that's word, if those are words. Real uh, lifeism? Yeah, real lifeism. Life, okay, we'll go with that. With that. Uh, and I think it could be very interesting. And they're just two big old boys that if they get in there and start pounding on each other, I think it could be fun. I'm a fan of that uh, style. I enjoy that. I would enjoy seeing that. Now, the list, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. And remember, it has to be verbal because we're on radio. We're on radio. You, Yeah, thumbs up. You can't see it. But let's go with it. <laughs> All right. These are their six. And uh, the name that we, uh, you and I had, John, was on there. That was their number one name, Bobby Lashley. Colwell, would you be open to that, at least uh, as an opponent? Oh, I'm all for that. That would be a great matchup. And it, honestly, I would probably put that number two between, uh, behind Bray Wyatt. for my Bray pick, Wyatt so. didn't make their list, but here are their other five. Um, Edge. I, I, for me, that would be a thumbs down. I, I love Edge, and I do want to see him continue, but I don't think Brock Lesnar is the guy I want to see him with. I don't want Edge to get another broken neck again, so let's not do that match. Yeah, yeah no, I don't need to see Edge and Brock, period. Alistair Black. Does that do anything for you? Uh, Brock Lesnar, Alistair Black promo as long as it's not a squash match and i could easily see how it could become a squash match and because i don't when i think of someone like alistair black against uh brock lesnar i think of you know the david and goliath type matchup and i just don't see alistair black being like a Rey mysterio fast even though he's quick on his feet i don't see the same scenario coming out of it let me tell you how that one works, though, and it could work, is the fact that he's got that lethal kick, and if you want to go for realism, how many big MMA guys have been knocked out, even though they seem bigger? You catch them in the right spot in the jaw. You could do like a knockout route with, with Alistair and Brock, and that's how Brock loses to Alistair Black. I'm not saying that that's the match you go with, but I think that's a way you could do it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I, I can see that angle for sure, Coel. Uh, definitely with that kick, it kind of is like uh, an RKO. It can kind of come out of nowhere, honestly, and get you. And it's real. Is it's real that if that thing connects, it could knock you out. That's very believable. Um, but I don't know, and I don't mean this to. I don't know if Alistair's on Brock's level as of right now to main event. Because when you're talking about Brock, you're really talking about a main event spot on a major pay per view. 
I don't know if Alistair's there quite yet. I think he will get there. Um, I do like Alistair Black, uh, but I just don't know if he's there right now. This name, I, I have two thumbs down on this name. I do not want to see this at all. I don't even want to see him come back, quite honestly. I think he was able to compete once because he wanted a payday, and he probably, I don't know. But Tyson Fury, I have no interest in that match because it's thumbs not going to be a match. Yeah, for sure. No, that would be that would be bowling shoe ugly, as JR would say. It wouldn't be much. To, it's just a spectacle, I guess. That would all you would get from it, but it would be pretty much just like the Kane Velasquez match, which was what nothing. Yeah. So let's just not go that route. Yeah, it'd be too big, too cumbersome, uh, and it's not someone that can help Tyson Fury along as well. And, and what I mean by that, we've seen those guys. We we know about it. You know those guys that can help push that match along and tell, continue to tell that story throughout the match. And, yeah, Brock's just not that. And that's not to downplay him or degrade him by no stretch of the word, but it's just not his, it's not his repertoire. Jeff Hardy was the uh, fifth name on the or one of the five names on the list. We got one more, and I do really like the six. That's why I saved it for last. But Jeff Hardy, uh, a young Jeff Hardy, I would buy in that. That is somebody who could... Kind of like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan did for uh, Brock when they wrestled him. They could bump for him very easily and then mount the comebacks and be the high flyer around Brock Lesnar. I don't know if he still has that as much, definitely not as fast as he was back in the day. Um, and he definitely is still a daredevil and willing to do those type of things. But I don't know if it, I think we missed that opportunity. I think we did. Well, I mean, we didn't technically because you said that you could see younger Jeff Hardy going up against him. And that's because, well, Brock Lesnar's first feud in WWE years ago, back in 02, was Jeff Hardy. And, I mean, we saw it then. I don't know that it would be much different now. So I don't really need to see that in 2020. Jeff Hardy, I hate to say it, it, we need to start seeing the tail ends of Jeff Hardy's finer moments coming from them now and I think we're, we need to start seeing them soon and that's just not one I'm interested in I think what needs to happen next and you guys correct me if I'm wrong and I don't know who the sixth person is it might be almost time for Brock Lesnar to start working on passing that proverbial torch ooh I don't know about uh, yeah. if they had somebody in the wings ooh that's a tough one that's a topic definitely for an upcoming show um, this, we'll put it on the next show sheet the next show sheet alright well, look, man, I what got show the show sheet? sheet right here in front of me. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I didn't know we did show sheets. Wait, now nah, I'm offended by that last time. <laughs> yeah, he did one last <laughs> week. I did I'm offended. <laughs> now, we, now you no longer have validity in this conversation. Um, this this one, to me, if Bobby Lashley is my one, he's now 1A because this guy would be 1B, and I would be very happy with either of these guys. And we got a little bit, a taste of it, a little bit of that taste at Royal Rumble. Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar. Mm. Now, it is the complete opposite of what we've kind of been touting this whole time, giving me the guy who can really... Now, Keith Lee can bump and he can he can move, but he can't fly around uh, acrobatic style, kind of like a Ray or a uh, Daniel Bryan or AJ or even a younger Jeff Hardy. But I think this is those two behemoths. Uh, the, the, what, what was the tagline for WrestleMania 3? The immovable object means the irresistible... Uh, Immovable irresistible force. Irresistible yeah, I mean, force. that's what this would be, in my opinion. And I think it could be good. And I think the WWE wants this. I think we're going to get it eventually because they got a reaction at Royal Rumble. And I know that the uncreative in the back pays <laughs> attention to those. Well, of course they do. But rewind back just a minute to when we made our 
pre like super early WrestleMania predictions. What was the match that I had picked for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Keith Lee. I'm all for a Keith Lee Brock Lesnar matchup. It makes sense. And you want to talk about John's talking about passing the torch. There's a guy right there you pass the torch to because he's a guy who obviously has got the future written all over him. He's made a huge impact in NXT. He's got the size that automatically gives him a believability factor against a guy like Brock Lesnar. So that would be awesome, especially if you're looking to put somebody over big with a Brock Lesnar matchup like he did with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. You want to go that route at SummerSlam again? Let's go that route with Keith Lee. I like that. Yeah, no, I like the Keith Lee matchup. I, I've been a fan of Keith Lee for a little bit, and I don't think you're going to see just that, the moving in the – what you're going to see is Keith Lee's speed on display. You're going to see a guy who can move around who's a little bit more agile, really scary agile for a man of his size, um, that's going to move around like that, and I think that would be a fun one to watch. I, I would definitely enjoy that one here in Atlanta. Yes, me too. At SummerSlam here in Atlanta – WWE here in Atlanta, where things are open. Don't we have to say allegedly at that point in time? No, no, we're just we're just throwing out hints. Okay, I'm game with that. Uh, some sad news in the world of wrestling. Earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday morning, news came out of Hawaii that Mister Wrestler Two, Johnny Walker, had passed away at the age of 85. Um, this this goes back way back. I mean, obviously he was 85 years old when he passed. No cause of death was released uh, as of yet. Uh, so we assume at the age of 85, it very well could have been natural causes. Uh, so our thoughts and prayers with the Walker family. Uh, now, Mr. Wrestler 2 is very popular, I would say. I mean, that's even non-wrestling fans like Chuck Oliver will talk about Mr. Wrestler 2. And not so much just that person, but that name uh, is kind of synonymous with wrestling in some fashions. He was very big here in Georgia Championship yep. Wrestling. Uh, he had some NWA runs. He had a small WWE run, nothing uh, to brag about. But he really goes back to the days of the territories. So he was NWA, GCW, uh, down in Florida and around. In, so, you know, he's in some Hall of Fames, not the NWA. I think he was in the WCW Hall of Fame I saw, which I guess has been assumed mm-hmm. by the or consumed by the WWE. So maybe he is technically in the WWE I don't think the Hall WCW Hall of Fame exists anymore. I think they probably blew it up. Well, I don't know. Uh, Then we got the NWA (laughs) Hall of Fame and some other ones for him. Uh, It was said that he, uh, Jimmy Carter, our former president, President Jimmy Carter and Georgia native, that Mr. Wrestler 2 was his favorite wrestler. So whatever that does for you. I didn't know Jimmy Carter watched wrestling. How about that? Apparently back in the day. And there's even a couple photos out there of the two of them. Well, I mean, you got to think. ringside at the Omni. You got to think about all that he, you know, when we used to have wrestling here religiously, you got to believe Jimmy Carter at some point in time made his way down to go see what was going on here and around it and would watch and take it in. So, yeah, it's easy to believe. I mean, look, it's sad to hear, you know, that we lost Mr. Wrestler, too. It is one of those moments. And granted, he's a little bit before our time, but he is someone that if you've just gone back and obviously all these videos are out there archived somewhere when you find him, you just know the stories and you hear the stories about him. It is definitely very sad to hear. While we're on the topic of death, um, five years ago today uh, was the day that we lost Dusty Rhodes. Uh, so our thoughts and prayers also with Cody and Dustin and their family uh, during this time. I know these uh, sounds kind of callous to say, but death anniversaries. I know I do it with my father. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, you just know that this is the day so many years ago mm-hmm. that that happened. Cody tweeted about it uh, on Twitter. You can go read his tweets about about it. I don't know if Dustin did or not. I yeah, he did. Dustin did. did, too. I saw that earlier. Um, 
So, uh, you know, D- Dusty was a-, a legend. He transcended the world of wrestling, uh, and we lost him, unfortunately, five years ago today. If you go to my Twitter account, RoadDog680, uh, I put out a photo early, just an hour or so ago. It's hilarious. And my, every time I look at it, I just laugh. Um, it is of Dusty Rhodes standing at a urinal next to Andre the Giant. And he must have, he obviously had someone ready to take this picture because he has just put his hand over on the butt of Andre the Giant while the two of them are standing in urinals next to each other about <laughs> taking a, a pee. And it looks like you can kind of see where Andre's started to get that look of what the hell's going on. Uh, and I would love to have been in that bathroom to see what happened next because I would have laughed my butt off uh, at that picture. Go to Road, Road Dog 680 on Twitter. You can see that photo. John, how can they find you on Twitter? John Rad 450. Chris? At Bearded Colwell. All right, so check us out on Twitter. Uh, this happened earlier this month, but I haven't had a chance to get around to it. If you don't know, WWE Network now has a free tier of their network. Uh, you don't get the pay-per-views every month like those of us who pay nine ninety nine, uh, but you do get past pay-per-views. You get some of the original programming. You do not have to give a credit card to get this programming. You just sign up for it, and there you go. Uh, and then you can, of course, upgrade. This had been something that the WWE had talked about for a very long time, having two different, at least two different tiers of service for their network. Uh, so now they have finally launched that, and I believe it was June 1st when they launched it. Who knows if another one will come. Uh, maybe a little pricier t- tier and you get a little bit more. Uh, it will be interesting to see. I'm sure they are looking uh, for any way to make money as of right now. Well, yeah, especially during the times that we find ourselves in when they're not able to actually get revenue off of a live it crowd. Is, but sure. And, you know, and they've already, you know, we've heard the rumors that they've been kind of shopping around the rights to, to the pay-per-views and WWE Network to other uh, streaming providers like an ESPN or a Fox or something like that. So at this point in time, if they're trying to get more eyeballs on their network as they're trying to grow it and show the potential for what it could be for, you know, one of those streaming services or just in general to get you know more more eyeballs on their network so that they can grow it, at, you know, themselves. And maybe if going to that bigger, higher tier where you offer some independent com- uh, content for the uh super diehard fans out there that are going to be willing to pay for it. Any revenue that you can get, you're going to try to get at this point. Can I be a little critical of WWE for yes, it? you can. Why not? You seem to always be critical. Well, that's what I'm here for. Uh, isn't this, like, I'm not saying it's too late. I think it's a great idea. This should have been something that almost you should have thrown out there. You know, companies had to really speed things up at the start of this pan- pandemic. They probably should have sped this up a little bit more. So that way you could have gotten it out there. Oh, well, now, WWE did give, I believe, a month or two away for free. I know. You're uh, going to defend WWE. Go ahead. So, Go so ahead. They, they, they did not launch and the an WWE official free network. You're going to defend it tooth and nail. But, I they, th- I really but, think no, but you're criticizing for something that they did. But I'm trying to give them a criticism because it's like, look, you're always behind on this. Oh, let's bring crowds in hmm. after AEW's done it. Why are you always behind? You're a multi-billion no, dollar com- company that, for some odd reason, you seem to always just be a half a step behind that you could have done this a little bit sooner, particularly when you're looking at NXT where you're losing in the ratings battle. You could have even done it for that to help yourself out a little bit more. So, yeah, I know you're going to say that I'm, you know, I'm splitting hairs in terms of it, but I think it's just you're a little step behind. I like the concept of it, but get a little bit of a step. You have competition again. 
Can I defend them myself? Uh, I want to give them a little bit of a break, John. You got to remember, too, when all this started breaking out, you had WrestleMania coming up, and they had to scramble to figure out and debate what they wanted to do with all that. I'm pretty sure an idea that they had for the WWE Network was about as far down the totem pole of priority for them at the time as anything else. So, yeah, they got around to it, and yeah, they were a little late, but I think they had bigger fish to fry a few months ago. No, they weren't late. They did get around to it. I I mean, you can't say they're late. They don't give away stuff for free. That's not how a business makes money. But now they are deciding to do that, hoping, like Colwell kind of was saying, that maybe if they get you hooked on the free one, they'll you'll bump up to the nine ninety nine. Don't get bash Adam Gillespie's well. endorsement with the WWE Network. If you've been a longtime listener <laughs> no, of the finishing move, the man has endorsed this better than he's endorsed Sports X and Extra 106.3. He's endorsed them better than he's endorsed 680 The Fan. I'm a wrestling fan. They have good stuff on there, like at the Undertaker's last ride we pay right now. You. <laughs> you get a check from this company. Why aren't you endorsing this place? Like, you've endorsed them so well. And don't get me wrong. I get it that that's not how you do a business. But when you look at ESPN, a partner of the WWE, they sped up the release of the Last Dance documentary. And just said, you know what? Again. There's nothing out there. We're going to speed this up, and we're going to put this out. Because why? We're the only content that's there. Again, you're ignoring the fact that you're saying, why didn't they give us free WWE Network during all the pandemic? They did. They gave free WWE Network during the pandemic. They didn't have an official free tier. And, and do you think you could have seen more of you to said, you know what? Let's just get this out here now. Great. You got the free. T- you got that out there. And I understand the portion of bringing in the free tier of maybe we can keep some of these people. But it just seems like, you know what? You could have stepped this up just a little bit faster. I know you don't like it. You no, don't you're like mad when, at some. You're you mad at I'm not mad. You don't like doing it something I, that they did. You don't like the fact that I'm criticizing their timing. Oh, of my it. goodness. Right, I know. Have, don't have, bash. Real quick, though. Have you watched either of you watched The Undertaker last Friday? I have. Okay, what are you up to date? I'm one episode behind, but well, I have enjoyed all of it. I'm still working my way around to watching it. It's very, you you don't watch the shows that we watch on the talk about on this show ever. Well, I'm you taking refuse naps. I don't have to time watch, to watch um, these things. Why Dark are you side of the ring. so much. You're not the one who's pregnant. It's your wife. <laughs> um, it's sympathy tired. Okay? It's good. It's good. I don't know if that's part of the free trial that, or the free um, platform that you can get onto, but if you if it it's worth not. the nine ninety nine, in my opinion. It just or wait for them all to come out and then binge watch them for a month or sign up for the free or month do like Adam does. Adam's had like so many email addresses that he's input for that first free month. Got to get that free. That I think Yahoo blocks him Yahoo from just using anything. Yahoo has blocked me. I'm working my way through Hotwire. What? We know they completely did away with the first month free. To oh, that they? part of okay, this well, whole. Then yeah. I guess you can't do that now. But um, nope. yep. it's interesting. I it's very good. Now, if I think I'm up to date, I've watched three episodes. Has the fourth dropped yet? I'm up to three. I haven't seen oh, the fourth. Okay, come so out I've seen three. Uh, the fourth, they're teasing him talking about. Well, in the third, they talked about what a disaster Saudi Arabia was for DX versus Brothers of Destruction, and they teased in this next episode we're going to get to talk about what a disaster, even more so, that him versus Goldberg was. So I can't wait. Uh, to hear what he says about uh, that happening over there. Uh, when we return, we're going to talk about something that I found very interesting that John tweeted or texted me uh, in Colwell over the weekend. Plus, we're going to get creepy with Adam. Creepy-er. Creepy-er. You're already creepy. Now we're just going creepy-er. We're going to get creepier with Adam. You're listening to The Finishing Move here on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. 
Welcome back to the finishing move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe, Adam Gillespie, Chris Colwell, live from Cobb County. But as I look around the room, I guess this is that point again where we have to take roll again. Chris Colwell. Adam Gillespie. And then there was one. So you guys are listening to the finishing move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe by myself. Um, if you guys have been tuning in all week long in terms of what's been going on, AEW, obviously they won again against uh, WWE NXT. NXT has been struggling with what they have going on in terms of just the stories that I think they're trying to produce and what they're trying to put together. And I think part of the problem is, you know, and I, like I said before, being very critical of the WWE and maybe my expectations are just a little bit too high in what I expect from them that I was expecting just maybe something would even change a little bit more. Now, NXT uh, In Your House, TakeOver, I was definitely very pleased with what I got there. Chris, what did you think? TakeOver was fantastic for me. I, I pretty much loved it top to bottom. I mean, I wasn't... I will say this about the uh, the backlot brawl match that I'm almost... I know they're trying to change it up a little bit, obviously, and we've talked about what they did with the, the WrestleMania matches or, uh, with both uh, Cena and Wyatt and Undertaker and AJ Styles, and you're trying to think outside the box, but to me, it's almost... Now we're... Now we're it's starting to become overkill. It's like... You're trying to do something outside the box, but it's almost like it's just feeling it's not the same impact. And to me, it was just a little I didn't like the commentary over the match if it's supposed to be cinematic. Little things like that started to irk me about that. I like the result of Adam Cole winning. Um, By the way, I totally only missed one pick. If you guys want to go back to our picks last week, I have no idea um, what you're talking about. We don't have a show sheet to talk about that. Yeah, oh, yeah that's very true. But <laughs> <laughs> either way. <laughs> I thought TakeOver was great. No, I agree with you. I thought since it was going to be a little bit more dramatic, I think they went too far with the dramatic, with the theatrics, basically. I think they had the right two people to pull it off because I love the fact that, you know, we saw it with uh, Becky Lynch. I, you know, people are still wondering, is Ronda Rousey a work or not with that, whatever the scenario might be in that one. Um, but I think what we got a chance to see was, and particularly with Adam Cole and the Dream, in which the intriguing part about it is with the Dream now basically not being able to get a title shot, does that mean we're going to see the Dream moving up? I know you don't like that that equation, but moving up or moving over <laughs> to another brand sooner rather than later. I hope not because I like the Dream, but I think he might be buried soon. What's your thoughts on the Dream and where he might be going? Uh, I'm kind of with you. I think he's going to end up on Raw or SmackDown. But part of the that, on one hand, I think that's possible. On the other hand, I think the reason why he didn't win the title may be we talked about it a few weeks ago. Those allegations that came out against him, they may be hesitant to put a title on him right now when something may come of that. So it's real easy to if you have him, you can keep him a part of the card until it gets really serious, but. As long as he's not a champion, you don't have to worry about scrambling to drop a title. When because the last thing you need is for someone to be called up in an actual court case and, and have serious charges brought against them, and then have it be a situation where okay, this guy's representing you as a champion. So honestly, I think back maybe at the beginning of the year, Dream was definitely being fitted to be the NXT champion. I think they planned to put the belt on him. I think that may be why they shifted gears and, and just left the, the belt on Cole. But, I mean, I think absolutely you could move Dream to Raw or SmackDown, not 
up, but over to Raw or SmackDown. Oh, let's please not do this again. Uh, we did it last week. You were proven Adam's wrong. back from Guys Night Out. <laughs> you were proven wrong. So he left the show again. He no, left I the went show to get to... something to drink, and I was pulled into their studios to answer a question. Now, last time someone pulled on you, you tried to beat them up pretty bad, I remember. So, I mean, I don't think they pulled you too hard, huh? All right. Oh, uh, uh, wait. Can I give a quick, <laughs> big, quick bit of breaking news? Breaking news. WWE and SmackDown will be led by Bruce Prichard and Paul Heyman as WWE creative teams begin to merge. Ah, so is so who's on Raw? <sighs> Heyman's being moved over to uh, SmackDown. I or are think they just going to work collectively gonna together? Work to, they're going to work collectively on Raw and SmackDown because now you don't have the two different brands traveling around they're all right there in the same facility so ultimately oh, no no wait wouldn't they all wouldn't wouldn't Heyman and uh, Pritchard work on NXT as well since they're all on the same level Paul Heyman will concentrate <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. on his role as an in-ring performer and and the whole group will be led by Bruce Pritchard this has been very interesting, going back to how short Eric Bischoff was there. And there was an article that came out today about an interview he had. Uh, I meant to get to an over-the-top rope, but we didn't have time. Uh, you know, this has been really – this is, I think, Vince McMahon saying, all right, I want to try to give up some, but then saying, nope, I don't want to. If you think about how short of a time Eric Bischoff was there, supposedly in control or leading uh, SmackDown. The fall guy. Yeah, I think he was for a little bit, uh, a little bit there. So hopefully he got a good golden parachute to get kicked out. Um, but yeah, it's this has been odd. This whole it really, it's yeah, all it's all happened now within uh, less than a year, right? Because this started coming out when November, October last year. Yeah, I mean, what we saw. Um, no, SmackDown started in October. On, Eric Bischoff on, was there from basically October to November. He didn't make it through the end of the year. Well, he only made it through one SmackDown yeah. uh, that was on Fox. Cold. Yeah, he came on board sometime, like, I want to say early last summer yeah, in pre- summer, preparation yeah. of being – I think it may, he may have helmed the creative team over the summer leading into that first SmackDown on Fox. But, I mean, yeah, they, then Bruce was brought in similarly to kind of uh, oversee some things. Paul Heyman was doing Raw. It's like a musical chairs thing where Vince can't make up his mind what he wants to do. I mean, how you know how long till Bruce is going to be moved into a different role and you have somebody else at the helm? I think every time the ratings go down – and this – Honestly, let's look at the history of the creative team. It's kind of been this uncreative. way for years. Uncreative team, I'm sorry. Well, is it because they're uncreative or because the filter that goes through Vince McMahon, that filter that he uses, is the uncreative part? Because sometimes there's been some really creative people that have been on that creative team over the years that we just didn't get to see really you know, anything that came through there because Vince didn't like it. No, you're right. And I think we've all said it. You know, Vince, you can still see, has his hand deeply entrenched in what goes on there. And I think sometimes it stinks a little bit because I think it's holding back some of the younger talent that they have. And I don't want to say that's the reason why they're getting rid of them. Obviously we've seen that throughout this pandemic, whether it be contract disputes, negotiations, money, whatever it may be. But I think he could be part of the reason why when you see talent that is coming up from NXT or talent that's currently on the main roster and no longer down at NXT, that, he could be part of the reason because he's not a fan of what they're doing. Is it one of those moments where to help promote that a little bit more, maybe Triple H needs to be called up? Well, he's doing a good job with NXT. I think we can all three agree you mean, on you that. You mean pulled over. 
No, called no, up. No. I said it right. No, no, not, not called right, up. He's doing over. a good job with NXT. We can all agree on that. And being called uh, up. I think if he was to get full control of either of the other two brands, I think that would be very good for that brand. Although I don't see Vince McMahon doing that until he um, is laid to rest, quite honestly. Until we're having that memorial portion of the show about his passing, yeah. unfortunately. And he's probably got it written into the will how that will be uh, you know, put, put out there. But it's, uh, yeah, I just don't see him giving up control unless he is just physically unable uh, to make it into work. I mean, you got to give it to that man. What he's the hours that he reportedly does, uh, you got to get tip your hat to that for sure. Uh, like I said, Eric Bischoff took, talked to Talk Sport uh, earlier this week and kind of talked about his short tenure. And one of the things he kind of put it to was he says, and, you know, you can take this however you want. Who knows if we'll ever know the real reason? I guess only Vince McMahon truly will ever know that. Um, but he spins it as, you know, he has been self-employed for the last 20 years. So he kind of was his own boss, his only employee. He did things the way he wanted to do them. He did it uh, in the time that he wanted to do it. And then when he got brought back into WWE, he was – the way he described it was – let me use his exact wording because it was uh, good – a solo practitioner now that is leading an orchestra. And he did, and he admits that he did not handle things very well when it came to having to now answer to Vince McMahon when it came to uh, stuff and, and, and delegating amongst others. And he felt that that kind of is what led to his downfall there. You know, that's his spin well, at least. He went from being the head honcho of WCW and as corporate structure, at least for as far as WCW goes, that really didn't exist anyway. It was kind of chaos at times to, you know, he was there in WWE in the 2000s as the GM, but he wasn't actually in any form of actual creative. He was there as a talent only. So he never really got to be part of that true corporate structure where you're having to answer to Vince McMahon as a creative team member or some executive. And I think, honestly, it was just a fact that he was fish out of water actually being in that particular situation, especially when you consider it had been 20 years since he had been in any type of a corporate environment such as uh, we know what he found himself in with SmackDown versus what he was in in WCW years ago. You know, it's time to something I like to do is peruse the internet and just look at pictures and just whoa, see whoa, what whoa, pops whoa. up. That's, that's, that's not the kind of show. This is a family show. And sometimes <laughs> those your pictures, personal time out of it. Sometimes those pictures end up being good talking uh, to you guys this week, guys. Divas or uh, um, you know, superstar female superstars, and and I get a little creepy. So I'm going to get a little creepy with you guys real quick. And I'm going to give you a reason, Colwell and Big John. If you don't, well, you're, oh, you guys boy. are married, I know. But if <laughs> if you don't already have a dog, I'm going to give you, and guys out there listening, if you don't have a dog, I'm going to give you the number one reason. You need to go out to your humane society, adopt, don't shop, and get a dog tomorrow, first thing tomorrow. The news broke on Instagram that... Former WWE Divas champion Kelly Kelly, now going under Barbie Blank, is engaged to her guy, Joe Koba. I don't know who that is, but I hate him. And she says that they met in a dog park and knew it was love at first sight. So see, a dog can be very <sighs> instrumental in these type of relationships. Guys, I've got three dogs. So I'm going to start hitting the dog parks up in Forsyth County. Don't you have a girl? Yes, I do. 
Why did you say that so softly? <laughs> She's not listening, is she? No, she can't uh, listen. She's uh, putting our daughter to bed. Well, she can no. if she downloads the extra 1063 app. Do you have internet app, in Dawsonville? If she downloads the extra 1063 app, she can take it wherever she goes and she can listen to everything we talk about. Well, don't let her know that. <laughs> Next, if you ever talk to her or see her at a company function, please do not let her know that she has that ability. I love that you said Kelly Kelly now going by Barbie Blank when that's actually her real name. That like she come up with her her new stage okay, name or something. Thank you, all right. I'm just trying this to help you out. This is the segment of the show where Chris Colwell analyzes everything, <laughs> everything too much. All right. Um. Uh, also, while I was perusing the internet, I was on Instagram. That's where I saw Kelly Kelly, Barbie Blanks. Uh, note, there were some pictures put on Instagram uh, recently that I, I suggest you go and look. Look at Chelsea Green, uh, Zach Ryder's uh, girlfriend, I believe, an NXT superstar. Uh, get on Instagram and check out these pictures. It's an orange bikini, and she's laying on the beach. And it's uh, give me just a moment. Are you selling? Like, are you auditioning for an infomercial? It, she's wearing an orange bikini that has a nice string. To, are you trying to sell this on air? What are we oh, doing wow. here? I'm selling. She. I'm not selling it. She's selling it. I will give it him all credit. Over the beach. Theater of the mind. He's being very descriptive. Like we ask of our play-by-play men for baseball, he's doing actually a pretty good job with that. He kind of painted a pretty good picture. Nice job. You're welcome. Anyways, check those out. Saying. Chelsea A. Green. Now, Colwell, Colwell can verify if that's her real name or if that's just a stage name or whatever name that is for her personally. That, no, I believe that's her real name based on Wikipedia. Right. She's also engaged. Well, Wikipedia's yeah, Wikipedia never been wrong. <laughs> All right. As long as you quote your the source that Wikipedia used. Hold on. Give me a reliable. second. I'm going to go change the source real quick. And then <laughs> like I change stuff to Joe <laughs> Hamilton's profile all the time. So don't tell me that that is uh, uh, a viable source. of. Did you try to say he was a former Georgia quarterback instead? No, I no, I would never claim that for him. He's not. He's not that good of a quarterback. Whoa. He's just a Heisman loser. Whoa. He's just a uh, guy who sat on the bench. You might want to save that clip, John. Wow. Well, I'll say it to him, but no, you don't have to save it. I'll just say it next Thursday when I appear for Walking That Aisle. Wow. You might have done your Ooh. last segment of Walking That Aisle this week, actually. Wowzers. Over this weekend, <laughs> uh, Big John sent us a very interesting text uh, talking about kind of something we were talking about, I believe, what was that, the first segment, the the torch that is handed down from wrestler to wrestler. Hold on, let me get my show sheet again. I'll go back to see what we were talking about. Again, I verbally told you, and it's on my show sheet right here in front of me. I don't know why you don't have it. You're the again, what's the show sheet? Once again, you go back to your nap. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's let uh, him lead the show next week and let him come up with the show sheet. Ooh. I'm... You know that's going to be the challenge most, accepted. That's going to be the most detailed show sheet we've it ever It better be because I'm going to torpedo anything, any chance I get. All right, he sent us out a photo this week, and it kind of shows uh, in pictures uh, the torch being handed down from superstar to superstar, and this is what it looks like. Bruno San Martini, that goes way back for those who don't know, and we're going to start with him, handed it down to uh, Hulk Hogan, although those two never wrestled, but that's who they're just saying picked up the torch for WWE. Uh, then they really skip a lot of wrestlers, who I kind of what I kind of have a problem with, and they go from Hogan to Stone Cold. I don't have a problem with Stone Cold, but I think you could have put somebody in the middle there. 
And then from Stone Cold, you go to John Cena. And then from John Cena, it, it goes to Error 404, indicating that they say there's nobody really in the WWE universe right now who can be that Hulk Hogan, that Stone Cold, that Bruno, that John Cena. Uh, and I think they're dead on right. Uh, I think they've tried with Roman Reigns. I think they've tried uh, even so much with uh, Seth Rollins you could make an argument with. Could you make an argument, though, that right now the person they're trying to make the torchbearer for WWE is Charlotte Flair? I mean, okay, that that's a way that you could take it, but... Yeah, for sure. There's been nobody that's been able to be even close to John Cena. Like you said, they tried with Roman Reigns. I don't think they really tried with Seth. I think Seth was just somebody that was over with fans that, okay, we need we need somebody to, to fill that role. But he was almost like that Bret Hart type role where, okay, yeah, Bret Hart's a great wrestler and Bret Hart's super over, but he's not to the level of Hulk Hogan or eventually Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think I see where you're going with that, Adam, because there are some people that you could put in there between Hogan and Stone Cold, but I don't well, what about, what about Shawn Michaels? Are you going to? I don't. A lot of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Now, not me personally, but a lot of people would put Shawn Michaels. No, Bret Hart is who I was more leaning <laughs> towards. But a lot of people put Shawn Michaels on their Mount Rushmore. Here's why Flair. I won't. Well, for me, Shawn Michaels personally is. I think he's the best in ring storyteller wrestler of all time. I think nobody told a better story in the ring than Shawn Michaels. But I think when you look at this, it's like who's the guy? Who's the guy that you put the company completely on their back and the results were there. It was there for Bruno. It was there for Hulk Hogan. But it wasn't really there for Brett or Shawn Michaels. The company was going through a transition period from Hogan to Stone Cold where, you know, the the draws, the gates weren't there. The merchandise wasn't the same. And when Stone Cold got to that next level, it was, you know, equaled that of Hulk Hogan. Now, the one I would put on here that was missing is, and you can say there technically was a little bit of a transition in there, but where's the rock on this list? Because to me, Stone Cold kind of you couldn't transition from Stone Cold to the rock when Austin leaves for the for the year with his neck injury and WWF was just as popular with the rock as the guy. So to me, it would go Stone Cold Rock, then Cena in that situation. But as far as today and what we're looking at, is there that guy? I mean, you know, it might have been there with Becky Lynch. It could be there with Charlotte, but I I just don't see it from the male side of things. There isn't anybody that I see on the roster right now that's going to be that guy. I agree with you there that when I first saw it, that was the first thing I thought was, okay, The Rock's missing because there had to be a moment in time where The Rock, and I know some people will say, and not to be prisoner of the moment, yeah, we still see The Rock. He's still one of the largest entertainers in, in on television right now, but he was easily the person that was missing from in between here, even so much so that he came back in the two uh, matches that he had with John Cena to literally finish off that proverbial torch passing was the portion that's missing from there. I feel like Becky Lynch was on her way there, and she might have even made it. Uh, Charlotte Flair, I I think there I, – I don't want to say that there's a – matter of circumstance that goes into it because she has the competition that's there, but I don't think the competition has the depth like we would normally see. And this is not to denigrate what the women's revolution has done in WWE. I don't think the depth of competition is there like we see in with these other people that are on here. And that's the only thing that I'm missing. 
but it would be a Charlotte. It would be a Becky because on the men's side, I think you guys are both exactly right. There's no one else that's there right there now that's getting that draw, that's getting that kind of attention. I mean, even to some degree, I, if you want to you know, take it a little further, I'd have to see the numbers just from the merchandise. I think when you look at a team like New Day, I think they're probably doing better merchandise-wise than either champion for either brand right now. So it might be one of those scenarios of, yeah, it, it might be time to try and, and maybe that's one of the things why Vince still has his hand in there is he hasn't found that person or he has in Roman Reigns and just due to circumstances, health, whatever it may be, he wants it to happen and it just hasn't happened yet. And maybe that might be another reason why he's not ready to take his hand off of everything. I think the only reason you don't get Rock in the picture diagram that you sent us is just because his career butted up so much along with Steve Austin, and there was just a minimal amount of uh, of Rock without Steve. And I'm not even talking about just the year he was out for his neck surgery. That just basically when Steve retired uh, and Rock beat him at that WrestleMania, moving on from there, there was not that much. He kind of soon thereafter himself uh, went off to Hollywood, and and you know I don't count those two matches that he had with uh, Cena really towards his career as a whole. Um, but, you know, I but he, I think he could be on par with Steve. I mean, if you wanted to put the two of them in that same picture, he definitely was as big as Steve was, and you could argue bigger now uh, if you count, count what he has done transcending the world of wrestling and where he is one at, uh, at least at some point in the last 12 months I've seen him named the – at some point, he was like the highest paid action star in Hollywood at the moment, um, you know, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I could definitely see that. I just think you're I think you're got a large gap there between Hogan and Austin. And I would make a case for either Brett. I mean, they were going to put the, the company on the back of Brett. I, I forget which one of you guys kind of put it that way. But he I mean, remember, if you remember, uh, uh, McMahon signed him to like a 20 year contract, right? A uh, million dollars a year, yep. and he was going to ride Bret Hart for twenty years. And at the latter end of that contract, I believe it was written for Bret to kind of move into a uh, executive type role, not be a wrestler. Twenty years down the road from that moment of that contract, um, but then he kind of broke that contract. Said, "Hey, if you can still go to WCW, you should." And then we had the Montreal Screw Job, and all that kind of happened. I think if he had stayed in WCW, I mean WWE especially as hot as that Canadian angle was getting for him, uh, he could have been right up there with Austin and, um, and Rock in some of those uh, talks. Well, he was the perfect foil for a rising stone cold Steve Austin. The thing is, you know, just because, you know, Vince saw him valuable to the company, obviously, because he'd been there for so long and having a Bret Hart be a part of WWF and then WWE later on for years to come is like, you know, it's much the same way that Undertaker is around for all these years. And now Shawn Michaels is around for all these years. You know, just because they're not on that same drawing level as a stone cold or as a Hulk Hogan or, you know, Bruno or John Cena or whoever, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that they're not valuable in some way. You need those guys that just, you know, you just don't associate the rise and the super popularity that, you know, you see with a Stone Cold or Hulk Hogan. You don't, you don't look at it the same way with Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart was insanely popular with wrestling fans, but Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Rock, they transcended wrestling and were more than just, 
you know, wrestling icons. They they were pop culture icons in in their day and age. And obviously, with what um, you know, the Rock has done. Simpsons. Bret Hart was in TV shows other than The Simpsons. I don't. He also transcended. I agree with you. He did not reach the level that Hogan and Austin did. I mean, that's pretty much the pinnacle. I mean, uh, in the heyday of Ric Flair, was he transcending wrestling? Now, today, he definitely has. But in the 80s, I don't think so. Yeah, in his prime, Ric Flair never trended. Now, keep in mind, you got to be fair to it as well. Remember that around the time of The Rock, around the time of even a Stone Cold, it was going from wrestling to sports entertainment. The name of it actually was starting to shift a little bit more in terms of seeing these guys and more than just, I mean, from as far back as I can remember, you, you know, we saw obviously Andre the Giant, who was uh, in The Princess Bride. Hulk Hogan was in his series of movies that they were, even some of them as terrible as they were. But Mr. Nanny, yeah, you don't talk bad about Mr. Can- Manani. Mr. Who? Mr. Nanny. Mr. Manani. Suburban <laughs> Commando. Or what was uh, tr- uh, Thunder in Paradise? Well, well, not Thunder in Thunder Paradise. Paradise. Was it Thunder in Paradise? No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred, the greatest movie ever. Okay, I'm going to mute your mic today. <laughs> Look, and we saw him and his, but that's when they started transitioning, and we saw The Rock on Saturday Night Live. We saw Triple H and Big Show. They were all there on Saturday Night Live. They started to transition into more, and they became so much more than that point. So, I, you know, I can see, I can go with the Brett the Hitman Hart one because I'm particularly, I think when you saw the scenario in terms of the amount of weight that Brett carried and just, like you said, bringing up that, that – Canadian faction, that new Heart Foundation faction, what they did there. Now, part of what they ran into, and this might actually help explain some of the gap that's there, let's not forget that the New Day actually, a New Day, sorry, NWO actually took over all of it at one point in time. It was NWO and DX became two of the popular factions that were out there for that stretch. So that might actually help explain some of that gap and discrepancy that's in there. Well, yeah, because WCW was rising much quicker than the WWF was. The big draw was with the NWO, with Hogan Hall and Nash, and and then the rise, obviously, of uh, the Sting character, with the Crow character and everything. So, sure, but wrestling as a whole was kind of down there from really the early 90s, 90, 91, 92, all the way until the NWO caught fire and then Austin caught fire. So when they look at that, they're looking at, during wrestling's, you know, the guys that really were, you look at it. Who's they? They're the at guy, it? and they're the draw. They're the ones bringing in the merchandise. They're the ones that are huge. And I think that because of, unfortunately, Brett was the guy during the time when the drawing for WWF was not good. Shawn Michaels was the guy at the same time period. That new generation that they ushered in with uh, with Diesel and. Uh, Hall or uh, Razor Ramon and One Two Three Kid, obviously. Uh, Hart and Michaels unfortunately did not catch fire until you got to 97 when Austin caught fire. They were the right opponents to face Austin, but Austin was ultimately the guy that would carry the company up. I just thought of a go-home question, so that means we need to break so that we can do the break and then get to the go-home question and return to the break. And then I assume we're going to have, have that on your show sheet. I assume we're going to have more time on the uh, go-home uh, after the go-home question, so I've got to come up with more time stuff to talk about after that so i need a little bit of time in this break to come up with that stuff to talk about are you about. staying with us or are you going for, for your guys night out i'm I gonna mean, stay in the studios this time are you sure i just want to make sure because if that's the case cole well, you and i might need to come up with a go home question <laughs> you're listening to extra 1063 the finishing move go home that's your home are you too good for your home answer me 
Adam doesn't have a go-home question. I do have a go-home I just saw something on Twitter that made me upset. You're listening to The Finishing Move here on Extra 106.3. It's time for us to go home. So, to kind of piggyback off of the discussion that we were just having as far as hmm. uh, torch bearers that uh, go from Bruno to Hulk to Hulk to Austin, from Austin to Cena to Cena to who? Who do you see on the roster right now? Uh, it can be the NXT once they get called up uh, to the main roster. They could take over. But who do you see? Or even really in the, the – just make it open to all of wrestling. Who do you think could be the next big uh, star in WWE? Maybe they're not there right now. Maybe they're uh, at AEW or Impact. Or maybe they are at WWE and they just are waiting for that right push from the ringmaster to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Could be at Southern Honor. They could be at Southern Honor. Give me a name of who you think it could be. If you two guys need a little bit of time, I'll give you my name because I knew the question already because I have a show sheet. I think it could be. Now, you can poo-poo on this because he's not big like those other guys were as far as physically. But I really think... And it's backed up by what Road Dog said, or the other Road Dog from WWE. Road what are you Dog. talking in third person now? <laughs> that Road Dog said. Yeah, this shows he doesn't even believe in it because he's trying <laughs> Who you to find people. your name from? He's trying uh, to hype it up himself. I have all the Bruce Pritchard said it. Road Dog said Vince himself said it. Well, you know what? Vince and even Jr. I know oh you listen to these. Not Vince. Uh, Bruce and Jr. And I know you listen to these podcasts, Colwell. So you've probably heard them talk about it. They really believe in our current champion, um, Drew McIntyre. They've both sung the praises of Drew McIntyre and think he can do it. But who Road Dog Jesse James was singing the praises of earlier was from NXT Undisputed Era, Adam Cole. And he said Baby. the only reason he doesn't think that Adam Cole is currently the Universal Champion is just because of his size. Uh, he says uh, he is the most professional and most talented. He just gets it. He gets every aspect of it. But he's also a great worker, like has great psychology. Man, if he was carrying Cross's size, he would be the universal champion right now. I think he's doing a great job down in uh, NXT. I enjoy uh, Adam Cole. I can't wait for him to get called up to the uh, other brands. And just to put it in perspective, I pulled up the guys that we were talking about uh, in the last segment. According to Wikipedia, since that's the go-to source for information... Uh, right, Cowell? Uh Adam Cole is six yes. foot, two hundred and ten pounds. Hulk Hogan was six seven, and build. Uh, well, they don't have his weight on here, but he's six seven, so seven inches taller. Now John Cena is the same height, six uh, six foot height, and they don't have his weight either. So I'm going to skip out on the weight from now on. But he's six foot. Steve Austin was six two, so just a little bit taller. And the care and carrying cross, the guy that he compared him to, is only six four. 265 pounds. So that's four inches and about 50 pounds more for carrying cross. Is well, this is going to come out really bad. Is four inches really that big of a difference? Don't mark that. Is four inches that big of a difference from you could be the universal champion right now to you're not? Man, that's crazy to me. Who do you see, John? As the, who could be the next guy? The the guy, not just a Brett or a Sean as we talked about, but a Hogan or an Austin or Rock. All right, we're going to have to go quick since Adam took up all of the time. Finn Balor's my answer. Colwell, go. Colwell's gone. we got to go. No, look, Finn Balor, let's see what he is. I don't think he's much taller than Adam.